Hello, this is Matt, the host of the show, and you're probably looking at your feed wondering what's going on because it's not Tuesday. This episode isn't a full-length episode, and uh, you you may be wondering what's going on. And I can just say that based on the way the game ended uh, against Everton, based on the other results, uh, kind of how that sets things up for Tuesday, I felt that it was important to address that now uh, before the match. And so Harry Holder and I did that. Uh, we spoke Sunday evening or Saturday evening, I should say, uh, and, and got that taken care of. And obviously we didn't spend the entire time because what will happen is we will give you the other half of this episode on, on Wednesday or Thursday sometime after the Swansea game is done. Uh, after I get it all edited, I will have another guest on. We'll uh, we'll sit down. We'll discuss that game and what it means for Sunday. And I just felt that it was the right thing to do based on how everything is is holding up. So Without any further ado, here's your intro music and my conversation with Harry Holder um, about the Everton match and what it means uh, for the rest of the the season, which is only two games. But um, anyway, hope you're doing better than we were yesterday um, post post uh, whatever, whatever that was. All right. Uh, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. We'd like to welcome you to the special edition of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, maybe a special delivery uh, if we want to get super cheesy with it. And joining me on today's show is Harry Holder from the Saints Report. He's on Twitter at Nadal-esque, but when you spell it out, it's N-A-D-A capital I-E-S-Q-U-E. And we're basically here because uh, of the way the fixtures break down and and how kind of everything worked itself out uh, on this is Saturday evening that we're recording this. Because of the the way it all worked out, um, there's just so much that happened and so much that that will happen as a result, uh, based on Tuesday's result that we figured we need to uh, sit down and sort this out. And then we'll come back with another uh, similarly length episode uh, on Tuesday. So uh, this is a special edition of the podcast, basically episode 69 and a half. We'll be back with the full rest of episode 70 uh, on, on Tuesday uh, after or Wednesday after, after the Swansea match. So Harry, thanks for joining me again. And uh, thanks for, as always uh, helping me out via the Saints report and all that. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, thanks for having me on much to talk about, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, I, I was out and I was at my kids' games and kind of listening on the on the website and uh, listened to the first half that way. Had to shut it off for the second half and then kind of turned it on right after Redmond scored. I was made aware of the score and so I I kind of watched the the last fifteen or twenty minutes uh, kind of unfold and and we'll get to all of that. But let's just let's just start with maybe some of the results uh, earlier today uh, because of course we come into uh, today in the relegation zone, knowing we have three games left to kind of save our season, knowing that we have Man City next weekend and that's probably not the best thing to try and uh you know expect points at that uh, from that match but going into today Stoke loses the early match the early kickoff 
off uh, to Crystal Palace. They get relegated immediately. West Brom shock everybody maybe in in beat Spurs. Um, so they are now still technically safe, even though, uh, you know, as long as we do, if we draw with Swansea, then, then they would, they would go down. And then the rest of the results, uh, maybe other than West Ham don't really affect us that much. West Ham maybe have pulled, have pulled clear at this point, but I don't know, looking at that Stoke result, knowing that Stoke is now relegated and that they also play, uh, Swansea, uh, next Saturday, the last game of the season. Um, since, since Stoke are gone, does that maybe put a little bit more pressure on Southampton going into Tuesday and we'll get to the Everton match in just a second? Yeah. I, I really think it does. I think um, you know, there's one place to play for now. It's realistically us, Swansea, and Huddersfield. Yeah, they're starting to fight, but they're just going to run out of games and everyone games in hand, so it's one to make it. So, I mean, that that the way I see Tuesday night now, that's, that's an all or nothing. Whoever, if there is a winner, whoever loses, in my opinion, is going to go down. So it's literally everything. Our whole season is on Tuesday. That 90 minutes is the start and end of our season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you. It's going to be, I don't know, I guess we'll have to, we'll, uh, we'll get to how the, the guys have to be feeling at this point um, and going into that match and what their mentality will be like, you know, as we talk about the Everton match. But um, going into this, I, I kind of looked at it on, I want to say maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, maybe Wednesday, kind of what we needed to do um, with this match or these next two matches and kind of assuming we don't get anything from City. I don't want to have to rely on points from C- that City match. Uh, at the end of the season, because I don't, I don't see us getting any. Um, so you, you kind of look and say, if Huddersfield don't get any points, then four points should do it. And so we got the uh, the draw at Everton, which which Goodison has been a horrible place for us to to go play the history of the Premier League. Um, so going in there and getting a point, you know, if you just saw the score, you didn't see when the goals were scored or how it came about, you would say, oh, that's okay. And now now there's a lot of pressure on the Swansea game, and we we kind of expected that, but. I think that the way it all unfolded kind of makes it feel a lot worse than that. Yeah, I, I really can't disagree with that because you know we we haven't won at Goodison something like twenty years now. It's been a horrible place. We we never seem to play well there. They, if, you, if you saw the score, didn't know when the goals were scored. You think, okay, that's a good point. I'll take that at the start of the game. Before kick off, I would have said, yeah, I'll take the draw now because we we never play well there. It's, it seems to be a bit of Everton are a bit of a bogey team for us away from home. So getting a point, I mean, that could be a pretty good point. But to have it to be so close to win, literally seconds away, and just have it have those two points taken away from us, it's, it's devastating. You know, if we could go, we could still go down now. We could be we could go down because we haven't won that game and I'm, I'm, I'm just lost words. Yeah. I'm, you know, my, I was sitting watching it with my brother. I, I, normally I can watch all the matches on TV. It's not a big deal. Um, this one was on like NBC. And so this is, that's like the big station and there's not always a replay for that one. So I had, I had two separate people actually, uh, TiVo it or record it for me so I could go watch it. But then it just wound up that I knew the score. I knew I listened to the first half. And so I decided I just want to watch the last, you know, basically 15, 20 minutes live. Um, and man, I don't know. I don't know how I would have felt had I chosen to, you know, wait till tonight to watch it and, and, and just watch it by myself. Cause I, I don't know how I would have felt kind of being off of Twitter and not being uh, kind of present for the kind of reaction that was there. Um, but my brother, I don't think he's seen me that kind of distraught over a sporting event in quite some time. And uh, he was kind of like, okay, like now are you going to leave? Because I feel like you're, you're in a really bad mood. Um, but, but yeah, but um, 
So at the start of the game, I think, like we said, we both would have taken a point. You look at the formation uh, going into a match, and it kind of looked like we were playing for a draw, if that makes sense. Yeah, because against Bournemouth last week, we were a 5-2-3 pretty much with Redmond's gone out of the side, Hoiberg's come in, 5-3-2. It looks much more defensive, as you would expect. As we're away from home, we will probably be on the back a lot more than we would be if we were at home. So I can understand why you're bringing in Hoiberg and just shoring up the midfield a bit more. Um, and yeah, it, it did look like we were going to a draw, especially, you know, the way the first half went. Neither side really got into the game. Neither side got going at all. It was lots of, lots of just passing across the back line. So it was getting it up towards the edge of the box, but no real final delivery. And I think uh, going into half time, you would, have, you would have probably, if you asked, would you take a draw? You would have probably said no, because we can go out and win this. We just need one chance. And we so nearly got it. But yeah, it was, I think it was very much set out for this point. And maybe if we can nick something on the break and get us three points. And I, I, I have no complaints about that. It's probably exactly what I would have done as well, to be honest. There, I guess there are a couple of things you, you can maybe take into consideration when you're, when you're selecting the team is these guys got to, they had to fly or, or I guess they flew up to Liverpool. Um, they're going to have to yeah. they're turn around now, fly back after a match. Um, and then basically have one day to rest, maybe one day to game plan. And then, and then probably go to Swansea, you know, on, on Tuesday and be ready to play a, a really a big match. So you look at guys like I was thinking about guys like Cedric and Bertrand, who I think have to play. There's no way they can't play. Um, but then you look at the midfield of Romeo and Hoiberg and Lamina, are they going to be able to do that again on Tuesday night um, if they were all to be in? I would have thought that Hoiberg would have been left out and then maybe he would have come in for Lamina or Romeo on Tuesday. Uh, maybe you kind of split that, that, that a little bit. Um, but I, and I guess using, I mean, if we would have won today, Swansea would have had tried to win against us on, on, on Tuesday. Because there's no way a draw would have helped point. So then I think you can play long, you can play Redmond, and you can try to hit them on the break because they're going to be open. Now, based on the result, I think that uh, our team selection may have to change because I think it's going to be uh, very even because I think now Swansea has a bit of an advantage over us uh, simply because they play Stoke on the last day of the season and we have to go play City. So if we draw and then draw, if we draw on Tuesday and then they manage to get a draw or win against Stoke, uh, I think that puts them a bit in, in the driver's seat, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I think there was a certain amount of let's let's not go not not go for it in the way that we went for it against Bournemouth. You know, against Bournemouth, everyone busted a gut. Everyone put in a hundred percent. They were all absolutely knackered at the end. And I think we had to we had to get a balance between that and saving our energy for Swansea because they're two massive games, and we couldn't we couldn't just go all out against Southampton because we would be we'd be knackered as you say there to come back and then they've got to go away to Swansea again, and we we need to have still good enough energy levels to put up a fight against Swansea and get a result there. And yeah, as you say, I, I would probably go for a 5 3 2 again. Um, and I would, if depending on the, the fitness of Lamina, I would go for the same three Hoiberg, Mayu, Lamina. I, I think they worked well today, obviously. But with Lamina going off injured and uh, at half time, I, I just hope he's, he's fit enough to start against Swansea. He, he was looking very good. He was looking sharp against Evan. He was tremendous. I think he he could be the key because well, when he turns up, he can he can completely boss the midfield. Um, and we're going to need that. It's going to be very tense. It's going to be a very cagey game. Probably both teams will probably take quite a while to get into the game. And I think we just need someone with the presence of Lamina to you know just get the ball in the midfield, start going forward, take control because that's what we need to do on 
confusing. We need to take control right from the very start. Otherwise, we're not going to get the win. Right, right. Um, and so I, w- I saw that he was substituted uh, and, and then Redmond came on, but I didn't realize he was injured. Um, did, was, did they make the switch at halftime or did he come out for the second half? Uh, no, it was, it was straight at halftime. But he was, he was looking injured uh, at a certain point in the first half and then he, he was playing on, but he was still hobbling around. And then there was one point about five minutes before halftime where we were all just saying, get him off now, it's not worth it. These four minutes, that could, these four minutes could put him out of the Swansea game. We can't, we can't risk that. We can't take any risk to play his fitness right now. We have to have everyone as fit as they can possibly be. So I'll take him off then, but he seemed to do okay for those four minutes or however long it was. And yeah, it just went off at half time. But he looked, it, it, it didn't look a serious injury that was going to keep him out for more than, I don't know, a few games. So I, I just hope that it's, it's nothing serious and it was just a precaution. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's the hope. And then also, you know, maybe that saves his legs a little bit, you know, that maybe, maybe this actually will do us some good if he is able to, to kind of fully recover from whatever that injury is. But, um, you know, we had injuries early, earlier in the season and it kept sidelining for a while. So hopefully that, that it's not the case. Anything really of note before halftime or, or is the real first big talking point of the second half, even, uh, just the goal from Redmond that, that put us ahead, which, you know, I, I guess, he struggled for goals so much this 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 season. I mean, he hasn't scored yet. This was his first one, but um, it's been almost a year since he scored uh, a goal for us in the Premier League. But I don't know. Is that is that really the first thing that stands out to you in terms of, of what happened in the second half? Yeah, I think I think that Redmond chance, uh, Redmond goal was the first. You know, that was only thing in the first half that stands out for me was that Austin volley, which saved. It was. It was a routine. It was a good effort, but it was a routine save. So there were, there were no real big chances. And yeah, that Redmond chance, that was, I think it was Cedric's first good cross of the game. Redmond coming in at the back post, completely unmarked. And it, it was a very good header. Down at Victor's feet, got it pretty much perfect. I'm, you know, I'm really pleased with Redmond because he has had a very tough season. You know, a lot of fans have beaten on his back with piling, piling and down there, booing him as soon as he's, I'm on with I don't understand and I'm I'm really pleased for him that he got that goal because you know when when he turns up he's a good player for us. getting getting forward down the wing he's this real burst of pace he's got energy that we sometimes miss up the top and so I think once once he gets going he can be a good player so I think he's he's putting in the performances now which is good because that's when we need people perform most his confidence has been shot for, for some time now. And I, and I think you look at guys like him and Tadic, um, who didn't, didn't enjoy a lot of success under, under Pellegrino or under Powell. Uh, and you see there's a, a bit more energy in them, uh, under, under, under Mark Hughes. And I think, I think there's some encouragement there to go kind of do what you're good at instead of, you know, trying to, to play this rigid system that, kind of sucks all the life and creativity out of you. If you can go express yourself a little bit, I think that that really does help guys like Redmond and Tadic to really, um, to thrive and to, to show what they really are able to do and, and to see him make that run and get into a position like that and then finish off a, a fairly difficult header because the ball's coming across. You have Pickford coming right out at him, making himself big and he manages to head it down, um, down between his legs and into the goal. And at that point, um, uh, I have to say, I think we were all feeling pretty good about that, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, uh, 
was just pure jubilation with every score because, you know, we thought, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time we win. We were playing well up until that point. Everton really still hadn't got going at the top. And you just thought, this could be it. If we get the three points here, this is massive. And yeah, as you say, with players like Palace, they are, they have been allowed to, they have more freedom in, under, under Hughes, express themselves a bit more because it was a very rigid, um, style of play under Pellegrino. They weren't really had to sort of press on forward, take players on because it was all too slow starting from the back. And I, I just feel that it's coming good that we, we can, we have these players like Alex Redman that can sort of almost create a chance out of nothing, beat a player, make the pass. And that's what we've missed. We, we've missed the creativity up the top. And Tadic, let's be honest, these past two seasons, yeah, I think even Hill a bit, that he hasn't been great. I think he's missed Heller a bit. But it's good to see him these last weeks getting more gold, getting further forward, really helping out the striker. And I think the key to that is because he's playing, he's playing more down the middle. Under Koeman, he was very much central at times. That's when he got lots of his assists with through balls and passes into Pella. Uh-huh. And I think that's where he thrives, down the middle. So to have him in the middle with you know, the natural playmaker role and have someone else like Redmond that would be a man, get to the line, cross it in. I think it's, it's, a very good, it's a very good setup that we've got now under Mark Hughes. Yeah, I, I think this is. I think he's starting to, to to figure out how this team plays best, and it's nice to finally get a manager to do that because for a while, uh, I had even said that, you know, if you have a couple of managers come in and make the same decision about how the team plays and where certain players are positioned and things like that, then maybe it's not the manager. Maybe it is. Maybe it is something to do with the players. Maybe there's, and, and I'm sure there are questions both ways because. I'm not trying to defend Puella Pellegrino at all because I, I don't think either of them were a good fit for the club. But at the time, just kind of looking at it, maybe, you know, if you have a couple of people come in and say that these, these players have to play this way because they're just not good enough. Or in, in hindsight, in reality, I think it's just Pellegrino and Puel like to play the same style of football as one another. Um, and it just didn't work. Now you have a guy who, who can play a little bit more uh, free flowing, maybe a guy who was an attacker and, and who, you know, like wants guys to go out and do that. And maybe that, maybe that's helping, but you know, after the goal, uh, we we make a substitution from Ward Prowse for Tadic, and I think once again that's to save some legs because Tadic is going to need to play on Tuesday. Uh, Ward Prowse comes in, and I think he his first kind of job is to 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 put in a corner. You know, and then from shortly after that, we we substitute uh, Austin off for Long, and I think at this point we're kind of starting to to go back and defend a little bit more. We realize we have a one nil, uh, we have a, a massive three points that would have actually put us. Um, level on points with Huddersfield, but ahead of them on goal difference. And I think that would have put some more, some added pressure on them uh, going into their game tomorrow against city, um, which I think could, could have helped. Um, and, and so with those substitutions having been made, that's all three substitutions at that point. How are you, are you thinking that we're going to be able to hold on that, that, that we have what it takes with those guys on the pitch to, to defend the lead and things like that. Um, at this point, I'm just so nervous. I'm just, it, it, it's always the same saying there's always we could either be brilliant and hold on really well like we did against Bournemouth or we could make a silly mistake and let them have a chance to score so you, you, you really can't tell but I just thought 
Everton hadn't been pushing forward too much until after we got the goal. They hadn't they hadn't really found Tosin in the box. And I just thought we were gonna hold on. I thought I thought we were gonna do it because they hadn't they hadn't been creating the opportunities. Defensively, we'd been quite good. We haven't really let them have the chances either. So I thought we were gonna hold on and yeah, the substitutions after we scored all about just keeping the lead. We didn't have to go and score another. We didn't have to go out and attack. We could sit back a little bit more, invite a little bit more pressure, and then try and get one on the break with Redmond and Long. And that's what we tried to do. So I, I think they were good substitutions by Mark Hughes. It, it was just so terribly unlucky that we just couldn't hold on right until the very end. And it was, it was no one's fault. Really, that Tom Davis got that shot away. Took an unlucky deflection of two, but that, that's just the way football goes. But I think it, it is, really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that last 10 minutes, like you said, super tense. Um, kind of on, I, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. It's cliche, but that's really how I was sitting in my, you know, I knew Yoshida was on a yellow card. Um, and he came in and, and he was very late on that, on that challenge. Um, and he gets sent off. And I think that at that point, I think you can start to see like, there's the leader on the pitch in terms of our back line gone. Cause even though Bertrand's wearing the captain's armband, I don't think he's the guy telling people where to go. You know, I don't think he's the guy who is, who is organizing that back line. I, I still think that's Yoshida. Um, and you know, Yoshida for so many seasons was guilty of, of one big mistake a game. Um, and I think he had kind of cut that out for the most part this season, but today that, that second challenge, that's something that he does so often where he gets too close. Uh, he tries to, to, to come in and get too close to a defender and winds up or to, to an offensive player and winds up committing a foul, giving away a free kick. And this just happened to be a second yellow. And now that's a big deal because now, if we're going to play a back three or a back five against Swansea, it's going to be Bednarak, who's been fine, uh, Stevens and Hoot. And that's just a very young, inexperienced back line in, you know, the biggest game of our season. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, Yoshida, he always used to be the scapegoat for fans every time he played. He's, oh, no, Yoshida's playing at the back. He's going to make a mistake. And unfortunately, a lot of the time he did. He he definitely had a mistake in him, but his past two seasons, he's he's gotten much better, and he has he has grown into being the leader of this match right now. And as you say, Bertrand, yeah, he's wearing the armband, but he's he's not really the one to be pulling the line, organizing the defense, and you can see that in Yoshida. And yeah, biggest game of the season on Tuesday against Swansea. Stevens coming in, he's 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 done okay. But as you say, it, it's very inexperienced. There is no real leader out of the three: Stevens, Hoot, and Bednarek. I, yeah, I, I just think we, we, we really will miss him, and we will probably miss him more than most people think. Yeah, I was just gonna say, there's not a ton of a difference in quality. I wouldn't say between those three defenders. I would say they're all kind of, or those four defenders. I guess they're all kind of right in the same area, um, but. It's just the leadership quality that Yoshida has that the other three don't quite possess just because they're so young. Um, so that that's the only thing that I, I would worry about going forward. 
Um, and, and Yoshida is actually faster than, than the other three. So that, um, uh, you know, it, it, pace wise, I think that that might be a worry, but I'm not sure if, if Swansea are really going to test that or not. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to see. Um, but then going into stoppage time, you can kind of see, it took a second for everybody to kind of get organized. And and then we were just sitting deep. And at one point, I think you had long making a tackle in the spot where Cedric should have been, you know, Long was all the way back defending. Um, and then I, I think a really big moment in the match um, was, was who coming out and, and attempting that, that tackle and missing and giving away a free kick. Um, I don't think he got booked for it, which I think we were, was fortunate. Um, but it set up a, a, I think it was Leighton Baines to, to take that, that free kick and that save from McCarthy that again, um, you know, much different than last week, but still diving to that side, diving to his left. And that ball was going top corner. I don't know if you, how many replays you've seen of that, but that was, uh, that was the equalizer that, that he, he managed to keep out. And I thought it was just a, a great anticipation from him. A great, great, maybe a great reaction as well, uh, to get up there and save that. Yeah, it was an unbelievable save. When when Hoots given that free kick away, that is it is literally perfect for Leighton Baines. When when he's seen that Hoots given away, he must he must have been thinking, right here he is. Here's my chance. I'm going to score. An inch perfect free kick. We all know Baines is so good at those set piece deliveries, especially from free kicks. He scores countless times from those throughout his career. But McCarthy got it spot on, and again he's made world-class save that that could have won us the match, but unfortunately it didn't. One thing I always worry about, whether it's my team that I'm playing on or coaching or watching, it happens is you get something like that and you still have time left. You know, that, that, that wasn't the end of the match. There were still other things to do and you worry about the, maybe there's a fine line between a celebration that pumps everybody up further and a, and a celebration that takes everybody's mind kind of off of off of what's really happening. And I don't think that happened today. I think that I think everybody on the team was switched on 100%. And as those crosses were coming in, McCarthy, you can see him growing in confidence, coming in punching balls, gathering balls. Um I thought we were going to be I thought the game was going to be over when Hoiberg had the ball all the way down the other end of the pitch, you know. I I thought that was going to be it because we were approaching the 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 4 minutes of stoppage time that was there. Um but eventually I think closer to, I think there was maybe an injury to Cedric. Uh, he was down for a minute that, that may have added some time. Um, but eventually the ball comes down and there's balls going across the box. And I don't know who put the ball in for Everton, but the ball came across. I'm not sure anybody got a touch to it. Maybe McCarthy got a little bit on it. And so Bertrand is, is going to, uh, to, to hold it in and actually just get it. I think as far down the pitch as possible, you know, it doesn't matter if it goes out of bounds, it just needs to go far away. Um, and unfortunately for him, uh, he hits it right at an Everton player. Um, he takes a touch. Eventually, it falls to Davies, um, who doesn't make the cleanest of strikes as he is. It's. It, I mean, he's hitting it into a wall of bodies. He's hitting it straight down the middle. Um, it's kind of a hit and hope. You hope that it takes a deflection because otherwise it's not beating anybody. Um, McCarthy was committed and had the ball saved, but it goes. It hits off Hoot, hoot and uh, and takes a deflection and goes the other way. And, uh, you can just see, you can see the devastation on, on everybody's face there. Uh, Hoot falls to the ground. There are a couple other players kind of, you know, kind of hunched over, you know, and, and at that point you got to think Yoshida feels terrible, uh, knowing he was sent off. McCarthy looks devastated because he had done all of the things that he needed to do to, to, to keep us in the match. And 
and then we lost it, you know, then, then there goes two points and it, you know, I saw a lot of people online getting upset with the referee for the, the amount of stoppage time that was there, um, for how long he allowed Everton to play. Um, it, I'm not going to lie and say, well, I'm not in the same, same boat. I was pretty upset with the the fact I'm, you know, yelling, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Let's go. It's over. Um, but it doesn't happen. So, uh, I, I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to, to say about the goal or, or the, the referee or anything like that that, ha- that happened during stoppage time. Yeah, just when when the balls come across, McCarthy's missed the punch from out the Berkeley. If McCarthy hasn't got a touch of it, that's going to be our throw. So that's the case. Why doesn't he just let that roll out for a throw in? We can get the ball, get it out of the pitch properly. And of course, it's going to waste more time if you're trying to take the throw. If he has got a bug, then he has to clear it. And he's, he, he, Bertrand's just passed it almost straight to the Everton player, almost as if he's on his team. And what, all he's got to do there is just put his foot straight through it, just hit it as hard as he can, put everything into that. Because if that goes up the pitch, it's, it's almost certain that the referee would probably blow for full time there. Because, you know, you, you always see. It's full time when it's a goal kick or it's around the halfway line. So right. probably would have blown there. He's he's got he's he's just got to put absolutely everything into it. Just smash it down the pitch as hard as you can. Instead of just trying to play, play maybe maybe a bit more tactical, maybe a bit more safe. And he's got it wrong. And unfortunately, it's cost us. But you know, you you can't really pull the blame on Bertrand because. When Davis has hit it, yeah, as you said, it's, it's not a clean contact. I think if, if it hadn't have taken a deflection, McCarthy would have gathered it anyway. It looked like he had it covered, and it's just full deflection on Poot. And about the referee at the time, you know, I was so angry at the time, you know, at the moment. It's just happened. I can't believe what's just happened. You're upset, you're frustrated, and it is easy to you know, go and blame the referee, say, oh, he, there was only four minutes added on, but the goal was scored in the 95th or 96th or whatever it was. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I even put a tweet out about it, how I, it, the, the game shouldn't have been finished. But looking back on it, yeah, like you said, there was that Cedric injury. There were other times where the goal went off play. So I, I think time-wise, as much as it pains me to say it, it was, Probably okay, but you know, I, I, don't, uh, I think Bertrand's the most to blame for continuing the goal. But uh, as I said, you, you can't really blame anyone for the deflection. You can't blame Poot because that is it's just come out of him. He, he can't do anything about it. It's just hit him and gone in. It's one of those things. I just hope that uh, conceding that late goal hasn't deflated the players. It hasn't got them upset. I hope. I hope. It just motivates me more. They say, come on, we've been unlucky. We were so close there. We're not going to let that get us down. We have to go to Swansea and we're going to give it our rule. We're going to fight till the very end and we're going to get that win. Yeah, I, th- I think you you hit on something there in, th- in that if we go and we hold out, it, maybe Everton score first, maybe Everton score in the 15th minute. Um, we come back and tie it with Redmond's goal. We hold on for a, no, a, a 1-1. I, I think the feeling around the club is much different. And now is when... I think Hughes or somebody else in the locker room needs to 
be able to redirect everybody's attention to the job we still have to do and to, to use the 90 minutes plus five that we were either even or ahead in the game uh, in terms of our performance today and, and take that and build on that for, for Tuesday and use that as motivation for Tuesday. Um, because this was, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, there's, we've been punished all season one by, by calls that were missed by the referees and two by little mistakes that we've made. Um, and you know, Yoshida getting sent off, you know, I love him, but like that is, that puts us in a bad spot that, that gives Everton just a little bit more, uh, knowing that they're now working against 10 men for the rest of the match. Uh, even though it's not long, um, Bertrand just failing to get the ball clear. I don't care if you kick it straight out of bounds there, you know, I mean, he probably doesn't know whether McCarthy got a touch on it or not. Uh, so he's got to do something. And I appreciate that because there's some effort toward to get to that ball that he hasn't necessarily shown all season, you know? Um, and for him to do that and just get it wrong, you feel for him, but that's still a mistake. Um, you know, we got lucky, I think with Hoot giving away that free kick on the edge of the area, uh, just things like that. But we we were punished today by that. And you, you have to hope that Hughes can, can kind of just redirect everybody's attention, uh, and focus and, and say like, you know, that, that was, that, that had to feel huge for the guys to, to, to lose it that way. That has to be deflating. Cause I, I mean, we're talking now and we're deflated a little bit in, in terms of how we feel about it. So I can only imagine what it was like to, to be on the pitch. And if you looked at everybody that was going over to clap the fans and everything else, um, nobody looked like, yeah, we just got a really important point. Everybody looked like we just lost two really important points, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a case of 1.1 but people was lost. And yeah, I, I hope Hughes goes into the dressing room. He says to the players, look, what's done is what's done. We can't change the result. We've got a point. We've got to take the positives from that. Take our performance up. Well, we played well. We were in the game for the whole time. We took the lead through a well-taken, good team goal. We've got to use those positives. Think of the positives. Don't let the bad ones get you down. Because, you know, we, we need this team spirit. We need this positive energy. And I hope, you know, as soon as tonight, now they've all put it behind them. They're all thinking, right, we've got a massive game on Tuesday. We've got to be fully 100% focused on that. We can't dwell on the path. We've got to move on. It's done. We've got to completely focus on Swansea now. We've got to get the three points, nothing less. We won't settle for anything less. So now looking kind of ahead to, to the Swansea match, um, I don't know if you were able to watch them play against Bournemouth today or not. I had it on. I didn't watch the whole thing. I would say that maybe they were... They were attacking plenty, but they didn't look like they really tested the the, the keeper very much. I, I think, I think he made a, a few important saves early on, but I think uh, after that it was pretty pretty lackluster, pretty pretty lackluster game overall. But but they're gonna they're gonna be at home. Uh, you're gonna be in the crowd uh, in the away section, so so you'll be able to to better uh, you know gauge how that goes. But I think I think that, I think that it'll be difficult for for us in terms of of going there and getting a result even though they're not playing well at all. Uh, I think the new manager bounce, if that's a thing, has worn off. They're struggling to, to to put away chances. And I think we are playing the best we've played all season right now. And so I think that that, that bodes well for us. But it, do, it does uh, pose a bit of an issue because now we don't have a cushion kind of going in there. Now this is a must win and it's a must win for them as well. And, you know, looking at, at the rest of the fixtures, Huddersfield, based on whatever they do tomorrow, you know, they could go three points clear of us. They could go, they could, they could stay where they're at. 
or they could kind of, I think if they, if they manage to beat city tomorrow, I think they're gone. I don't think we catch them. I think now Tuesday is just more important because it's one it's, it's, it's either Swansea or us. And then the fact that the fact that Swansea has Stoke after that, I think is, uh, gives them an advantage because they know they can go there. Uh, or, or they can they can go to the go go into that match knowing that if they, they if they need a point or three they can do it. Uh, whereas we're going to have a much tougher task ahead of us against Man City. Yeah, yeah, we we've got to look at it. We've got to almost completely write off our game. We're almost certain to not get a point even from that Man City you know, quality side. We we just won't be able to cope with them. Well, we're We've just got to assume that we're going to get nothing from that. We're going to lose that one. So this is it. This is, uh, as I see it, this is our final game of the season against Swansea. This is it. This is the one that will decide whether we go up or we go down. And yeah, um, uh, Swansea having Stoke on the final day of the season, that, that could go either way for me. So, yeah, as you said, Swansea aren't playing well. The new manager balance has definitely worn off. Uh, Stoke there, they got relegated today, so they could either, they could either be down completely and Swansea could rip them apart, or they could be thinking it's our last Premier League game. We've got nothing to play for, and they might their players might be a little bit more relaxed, so they might play with a bit more freedom and actually try Swansea. But we can't take anything for granted. We can't say, oh, Stoke are going to go and get a point against Swansea, or how uh, this feels last. Games are playing City tomorrow, and then they've got Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh-huh. I don't think they'll get anything against City or Chelsea, but Arsenal, we know they can be shaky at times. Arsenal away from home, Huddersfield at home. Uh, Arsenal haven't been good away from home, so Huddersfield could even get something from that. We saw Brighton and Justin and you, and so anything goes. So we right. we just got to think put, put all the other results aside focus on this and see this as if we win we stay up if we get anything less we draw so just focus on this game don't don't worry about any other game I mean the best thing about it is the fact that we are ahead of Swansea now based on on goal difference so from here on out it's a it's a fair fight if we can beat them um then then we're we're ahead and they they have to at that point, I think we're, we're okay. You know, we just, if we can, even if we lose, they, they would have to win, um, their game against Stoke by a number of goals, I think to, 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 to jump ahead of us, you know? Uh, whereas if we draw, I think, I think that's unacceptable. I think, I think we have to go out there and win and maybe I'm misreading the table. I really hope I'm not cause I'm going to feel like an idiot, but, um, you know, based on the fact that, that we're even, if we go to 36 points, um, they would, yeah, they would have to win by, uh, by a number of goals because our, our goal difference is, uh, I think seven better than theirs. So, um, I think, I think we're, I think, it all, like you said, it all kind of boils down to, to Swansea and then we don't worry about it. it. That that's, that's what, that's what it is. That's where all the focus is. That's where all the energy is. Um, I mean, we can analyze all the situations that would, that would involve Huddersfield. Um, best case scenario is that Chelsea beats Liverpool tomorrow has something to play for against Swansea or against, against Huddersfield on, on Wednesday. Um, but, but we'll see about all of that, but, um, Harry, uh, thank you for doing this. I, uh, special edition of the podcast, kind of emergency edition of the podcast, almost based on uh, what happened today. But, uh, as of now, 
Uh, we are outside the relegation zone. It doesn't feel like that because uh, of how it, how it happened and how it went down. But you know, this is the highest we've been in the table. Uh, I want to say, I want to say in like six or eight weeks, uh, I could be wrong, but I'm just off the top of my head. I think that's about what it is. So thanks for joining me, man. And, uh, appreciate it. And thanks for running the, the saints report, uh, with all the other guys that, that you guys do a great job. And, uh, you can find you on Twitter at Nadal esque. Uh, only the L is a, is a capital I, it looks like an L I thought it was an L. That's why I couldn't find you earlier. Uh, I was trying to type your name in, but, um, anyway, thanks for joining me. And, uh, any last, any last words or thoughts? Um, yeah, just, uh, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's been good to talk about the game and yeah, just really focus on sports and health and not wait to say it'll be a really good day. Everything is at stake and I think we can beat them. We, we win and we stay up and I think, and I hope we do that. Yeah, I think the guys have responded well the past few weeks, which I was worried about um, them knowing that these games are so big and there is so much pressure on them. But they've played well in each of the of, of kind of the big matches, uh, maybe take out the the FA Cup semifinal. So uh, uh, under Hughes, I think there is something different about the team, which I uh, I hope continues, and I hope we can I hope we can do it. Um, but uh, safe travels as, as you head over to to Wales um, on the coach. So so enjoy it and. Uh, be loud. I won't be there, but uh, I'll be there in spirit. Yeah, of course. We march on. And that does it for episode 69 and a half, the special delivery Southampton delivery podcast. Thanks as ever to Harry Holder for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Nadal-esque, but the L is actually a capital I. And it'll actually just be easier if you just look in the show notes and click on it that'll take you straight to his page. Uh, Harry also helps run the Saints Report, which is partners with this show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, For all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to check out the Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You will not be disappointed. The artwork for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your matchday edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, It's got some amazing stuff on it. Get in touch with this show at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter or Instagram. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDELIVERY. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. Now, going into Everton, I think a lot of us would have taken a point, but coming out of the first half, as Harry pointed out, maybe we thought we could have gotten three. Uh, then when we went ahead, and then to lose it like we did, it hurts. Um, but going forward, we have to stick together. We have to be behind the team. Uh, this is so, so vital now that we're so close to the end that, that we just have to stay focused. We have to stay on it. And uh, I can't fault the players for, for the effort they put forward today. Uh, mistakes happen, but as long as you're giving your full effort, I think that's all we can ask for. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about that in the exit or outro of the of this. I'm just supposed to be talking about music and stuff. So... Um, All the music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. The song you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Uh, Links are in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. If you've never listened before, please do subscribe. You'll get the next episode right away. If you've been listening for a while, consider leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. All of that really helps. Um, That's it for now. 
Uh, We'll talk to you later in the week. And until then, remember that together, we march on.